opening service here. We uh, This was not planned, um, but it definitely is something that uh, the Lord ordered, I believe. Uh, so anyway, uh, it is Sunday night. We normally do testimonies now. Uh, so we're going to give everybody in the audience uh, an opportunity to uh, either text my phone, my wife's phone, or you can comment on Facebook and then we can see it and so on, so on and so forth. So if you have a testimony, something that you'd like to share, uh, please uh, let us know as soon as possible. Um, I do, I do want to open the service in prayer. Uh, many of you know Janice Ferguson. Uh, we are going to be, uh, we're going to open the word in prayer. We, we heard uh, this afternoon that she's in the hospital and uh, we don't know, we, we know hardly any details, um, but uh, it, anytime uh, a person's in a hospital, especially during this pandemic, uh, it's going to have to be pretty bad in order to be admitted into the hospital. So let's go ahead and open in prayer, and we will ask God to bless our time together. Dear Lord, we truly are thankful, uh, grateful for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we uh, think of Janice as she's in the hospital this evening, we ask that you would uh, be with her, that you would be with the doctors, the nurses, the, the um, people who are taking care of her, that you would give them wisdom, and that you would be with her physically, whatever's going on, that you would help her through it. Uh, help us, dear God, uh, to be more like you in everything that we say and do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, anybody message or text in a, a praise or a, anything? Not yet. Okay. Um, I do want to say this, uh, just for those of you watching, um, the, you've, you're, you're used to seeing me in my office over the last several weeks, uh, up close and personal to the, uh, to the, uh, to the camera. Uh, now the the camera's set to the back of the auditorium, so the view's going to be a little bit different. Um, but anyway, so this is the this is the new look, I guess, uh, from uh, Facebook, and uh, I hope that it's going to be adequate. We ha we have it set up this way so that we can uh, project up verses for you and so on and so forth, like we normally do in services. So uh, I hope it'll be a help to you as we as we progress through this time. Um, this is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I trust, and I talked a good bit about it this morning. I won't spend so much time on it, but I hope that you spend some time uh, talking with your families, uh, teaching your children what Memorial Day is all about. Uh, when a generation of young people fail to appreciate the sacrifices of the generations before, uh, our country will be in big trouble. Uh, so we need desperately to pass along the heritage um, that they have inherited, and uh, we need to be very, very careful to do that. Uh, <clears throat> any testimonies come in yet? No. Okay. Um, you, you know, it's an amazing thing, at least to me. You know, typically on Sunday night when we have a, uh, you know, our people together, People share testimonies, but when it comes time for people to do it over the internet, it's not, you know, they, they're a little bit more hesitant, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I, I want to say that I'm just thankful for all that God's done 
in my life through this pandemic virus situation, whatever you want to call it, I'm thankful for what God's done in my life. Uh, God has shown me uh, a lot of things about myself, honestly. Uh, some things I, I don't particularly like, uh, growth gro- areas of growth in my life that he has stretched me and grown me in, in ways. Um, but anyway, I'm just thankful that God has never, ever left, left me through all of this. And uh, he will never leave you either. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I want to talk about next week's service. Next week's service, uh, both both of the services, uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night, um, will be broadcast right here from the auditorium. Uh, and then the and what we're doing is we're we're making sure all of our technology is working and so on and so forth. But we're going to have a soft opening next Sunday uh, to uh, kind of make sure everything's in place that we need and and so on and so forth. Uh, We've taken out chairs. We've taken out rows in the chairs uh, to create social distancing. And we're in in the process next week of doing a deep, thorough clean of the entire facility uh, and and so on and so forth. We're doing everything we can to make sure everybody stays safe. And uh, hopefully uh, nobody... Uh, that sick will come to church. I mean, that's kind of uh, the the object here. If you're sick, we want you to stay home and not only keep yourself safe, but keep others as safe as well. Um, so uh, you should be getting a letter from me this week um, outlining uh, the details of the opening. Uh, so if you have any questions, please feel free to call me and uh, we will, uh, I'll get back to you just as quickly as possible. Uh, anybody chime in yet? Sandy was thankful for that Bob Riley quote this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Bob apparently has one, but it's too long to type in. Oh, a, a quote? No. Uh, no. Oh, 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 a testimony. Oh, okay, okay. So he'll wait okay, he'll wait until we're face to face. Okay, there you go. I, I got it. Um, Oh, Tina's got one. Okay, what is it? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's great. <clears throat> Anybody else? All right. You know, it's an amazing thing. Tina's in Florida watching this. I, I don't know. I guess I'm old enough that this still amazes me. I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for watching, Tina. I hope it's a blessing to you. Um, anybody else? Amen. Yes, yes. That is huge. Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes, I have a. I have an aunt that is in a. That is in a facility very much like where Bob works. And one of the employees at the facility, they don't know who, who it is, but one of the employees there tested positive. So the, the, the entire facility is on lockdown. And, and yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, anybody else? <laughs> 
Well, thank you, Tina. I appreciate and love you too. Um, anything else? Okay. So, all right. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This should be a short sermon because you got half of it already uh, this morning. Um, Yeah, it it was yesterday afternoon, uh, the internet in our house went out, and we tried desperately to get it fixed, but because of the holiday weekend and everything, um, they couldn't get anybody out to fix it, so we tried to do it off of the just off of our cell phones. And uh, junior church went without a hitch. Um, oh, yeah, and that could be. Yeah, but anyway, um, the uh, the the service this morning uh, just it, it 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 turned off what two or three times and. Uh, three times and and we just decided you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna I'm just gonna re-preach so I'm not I I don't know I've never done this before um re-preach half a sermon (laughs) so um bear with me uh it'll be a little different uh hopefully yes it'll be better I feel I feel more comfortable here being crammed up in my office you know we I did that for sound for sound sake because um, you know, I needed to be close to the to the camera for sound, uh, but here, uh, obviously, uh, it, it's I, I don't feel so congested. So yes, I'm much more in my element. So I do want to repeat uh, a couple of the quotes uh, that I gave you earlier. The Bob Riley quote, as as Candy um, uh, alluded to earlier, is I have uh, long believed that sacrifice is the pinnacle of patriotism. And um, I don't know what Bob Riley said that, but it sounds like our Bob Riley. Uh, um, anyway, uh, George Patton said this, it is foolish and wrong to mourn the men who died. Rather, we should thank God such men lived. And, um, and, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, uh, I am so very thankful for... Um, the the men and women in in our in our history that have sacrificed and given their lives for our country and for the cause uh, causes that our country stand for. Um, and then Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, <clears throat> uh, "Those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we uh, enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them." And that, again, I'm. I said this 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 morning. I'm gonna say it again. That that th- this quote is one of the reasons it's so important to teach our children and our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, the heritage that is so important uh, to our country. So before we get started in this in the message, has uh, anybody else chimed in with a with a, a praise or anything? No. Okay. All right, <clears throat> you know, I, I talked about that this this morning, and and I, I said this, and and my wife my wife looked at me like I can't believe you just said that. But one of the responsibilities as a pastor, I believe, is to uh, to guide our people on how to walk with God, um, and 
that's not what she what she balked at. Uh, what she balked at, I'll say again in a minute. But it is so important that we that we walk with God, and I believe it is essential, absolutely essential, that as a believer that we strive every day to walk with God. If if we do not, uh, our lives will be affected. Um. In Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I, I gave an illustration this morning of a 84-year-old man who was driving in the desert just north of Phoenix, and he um, realized he was going the wrong direction, so he he, he tried to turn around and head back. Well, in the process of turning around, he got stuck in a ditch. He was stuck there for five days. And, and because of being stuck there for five days, obviously he wasn't prepared for it. Uh, he got so thirsty, he started drinking the fluid uh, from his windshield wiper uh, 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 container. Uh, and that's thirsty. But that is the type of thirst that we need for the Word of God. When, when Jesus says here in, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. That is the kind of thirst that we need. And if you've ever been truly thirsty, then you can understand what Jesus is trying to communicate to His followers there on the Sermon on the Mount. His promise of blessing only comes after the thirsting and the hungering that takes place in our lives. Walking with God must be a priority in our lives. And <clears throat> the Christian life, and this is this is where my wife kind of looked at me a little funny this morning when I said this, because it's important that we get this, because... <clears throat> I, I look at the Christian life as, as railroad tracks, two, two parallel tracks. One is walking with God, and the second one is walking with men. And oftentimes, we spend, at least I do as a pastor, at least I feel like I do, I spend a lot of time talking about the need to walk with God, but I, I, don't, I don't believe that I spend equal time encouraging our people to walk with people, and it and it, it and it, 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 my understanding of Scripture is it is it is just as important to walk with God as it is to walk with people in the right way. And you just did it again, <laughs> because my father-in-law was was an uneducated man. Uh, what he what what ninth grade he made it through the ninth i think he dropped out in the ninth grade um he was not an educated man but he was a very wise man um and, and there's a difference between wisdom and education by the way just saying uh now now parents are about to shoot me so the kids don't drop out of school okay that's not what i'm saying <laughs> you need to stay in school but my father-in-law 
used to say that there are times that the only Bible that people see is your life. Think about that for a second. There are going to be people that you will encounter that have never read this book. There will be people that will draw their conclusions about God based on your life. And if you are walking with God, then when you walk with men, they are parallel. But when you are not walking with God, because you cannot avoid not walking with men, we are in this world. There will be people that will draw their conclusion of God and the things of God based on your life. Now, let me ask you a question. That only you can answer. Is the life that you live at work, at the store, at home, the same as when you walk through these doors at church. If your life is different, then you are failing to walk with God. Our walk with God is paramount because our walk with men influence their lives. And we need to be so very careful. We must walk with God and walk with people in a parallel fashion. Now think about what would happen to a train if a section of one rail is missing. It's going to crash. It's, it's going to, the, 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 the train cannot progress. And our lives are very much similar. If we have to walk with God and walk with people at the same time, and we need to do it in such a way that God gets the glory for it all. The title of my message is Touching the Lives of Others. Touching the Lives of Others. Now, <clears throat> again, I talked about this this morning, and but I, I feel like it's critical that we, we revisit this in case somebody did not hear uh, this, the, the, the first part of the message this morning. And that is this. Jesus identifies two groups of people in the Bible. <clears throat> now, having said that, I want to, I want to make an a, 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 a emphatic statement. Jesus and the Scripture never, ever, ever distinguishes between race and culture. There is no room in, in Scripture for racism, period. In Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, Boy, I sure like having this again. I, I just I, I just love it. <laughs> Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, it says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, 
fear God and give glory to Him for the hour of His judgment has come and worship Him that has made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Now I want to go back and I want to pick out one particular word here and, and talk about it for just a second. It is the word nations. The, the Bible says that the angel uh, is sent to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation. The word nation there is the Greek word ethnos. And, and that, that word ethnos is the word that we get the English word ethnic from. And it literally means every people group. God does not want us to um, eliminate any people group from hearing the gospel. We are told to go to all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature, to every ethnic group, every tongue, every people. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. A moment ago, I said, and, and I meant, that Jesus identifies two groups of people. Again, we talked about that this morning. In Mark chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, we see these two groups identified. And when he was alone, they that were about him uh, with the twelve asked him uh, the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you uh, it is given unto uh, to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So there's there in Jesus's perspective, there are only two types of people today: those that are within and those that are without. And <clears throat> you you may be asking yourself, okay, within what? Okay, uh, is it within the church? Is it within? What is the within or the without? And it, it's really simple because um, the church hadn't started yet, so it's not within the church. The church doesn't start until the first of Acts. So it's not. He's not talking about those that are within the church. What he's talking about is those that are within the faith those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and, then he's, and then the other one is the ones that are without or the ones that have not trusted Christ or who are not saved. So the two categories of people that Jesus identifies are those that are saved and those that are unsaved, those that are within and those that are without. This is the only distinction that Jesus ever makes on the human race. So, he loves all people equally no matter what the what the the ethnicity of that individual is. In this in our passage this morning we're or this morning, I guess it was partially. Anyway, we're going to talk about tonight our responsibility to both groups. So, if you heard the sermon this morning, we had gotten I think through point number 1, hadn't we? or kind of anyway. I, um, anyway, point number one are those that are within. So let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 9 and 10. But as touching brotherly love, 
Ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are, uh, all in, which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. So, we talked about the, the two types, and we're going to, point number one, is those that are within. What is our responsibility to those within the faith? What is our responsibility to those that are saved? And again, we talked about it this morning. There are, are four words in the Greek language for the word love. The word eros is used to describe physical love. And I mentioned this morning that that word does not appear in the New Testament. <clears throat> the second word is a, uh, uh, the word uh, storge. Storge, is, it, it describes family-type love. Now, the word directly is not used in the New Testament, but there is a word that's kind of related to it that kind of gives us an idea of what storge is. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. So the idea of kindly affected, uh, affectioned um, is the idea of the, the word storge. So the two words that we're going to focus on uh, this evening is the word phileo, which we get the Greek word, or the English word, uh, Philadelphia, uh, which means brotherly love. And I, at the time, this morning, I made a crack about this, the city of Philadelphia being a city of brotherly love. Um, but I won't do that again. Um, anyway, <laughs> the other word is agape. And, and that is probably the most familiar word uh, is agape love. It is God's love toward men. Now in verse 9, Paul addresses both the phileo and the agape. Let's read it again. Uh, as, but as touching brotherly love or Philadelphia type love, phileo love, uh, we need not write unto you. They had figured it out. They knew how to show that kind of love toward each other. Uh, for, for ye your, uh, yourselves are taught of God to love, agape love, one another. <clears throat> so, I, I want to talk about agape love for just a minute. I, I didn't spend a lot of time on it this morning just because, for time's sake, but I'm cutting out some things tonight anyway. What is agape love? You know, we, we talk about it and we describe it. How, what is the best way to describe agape love? At least for me, when I think of what Christ did on the cross for me, I think of agape love. But it's more than that. It's the fact that he's patient with me when I fail. And I fail a lot. Don't believe me, ask her. 
He's patient with me when I fail. He, he sent his son to die for me. And as I contemplate all that Jesus has done for me, I personally have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that God could love me. That's agape love. And yet, that is the exact same kind of love that we need to have for one another in the church. Those that are saved. Forgiving. Having patience with them. Overlooking faults. Loving because we're commanded to love. What was wrong with that statement I just made? Loving because we're commanded to love. Is that agape love? No. Loving because we should. And I talked this morning about the fact that when a person gets saved, they inherit the nature of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, because God loved us, we can love. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, He that love loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. See, in order for us to be able to love, agape love, we must first know him. In verse 10 of our passage here, let's read it again. It says, and, in, and indeed, you, you do it toward all brethren which are uh, in all Macedonia. Again, what, okay, who's he talking to here? He's talking to the, the church of Thessalonica, and he, and he says, um, and you, you show this agape love toward all the brethren in Macedonia. Again, who is he talking about? He's talking about those that are within. They are showing this agape love. But, you, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And again, I want to make the point here because this is important. Paul was not telling them, hey, you need to start doing this. What he's saying is you need to keep doing it more and more. Love needs to be the thing that identifies you more than anything else. That love with for the brethren, the love for those within. That is the thing. When people walk through the doors of Grace Baptist Church, they should, be, they should have to literally cut their way through the love of this church toward one another. But on the flip side, I've been in churches that you can feel the tension and the disdain that, that fellow believers have for each other, that is ungodly. And that is not Christ-like. And if we're going to run the parallel tracks when walking with God and walking with men, we've got to learn how to get along with one another. It is absolutely essential. How does God teach us that? 
he teaches us that by putting us in situations that force us to love people we don't want to love. <laughs> Just saying, okay? Hey, <laughs> you know, there are people, and, and hey, God knows my heart. I, I, I think of myself as being a very patient person. I don't know that I always am, but I like to think of myself as being a patient person. But there are just people that God brings into my life that I don't like. I'm just saying. I'm just being honest. And if you're honest, you'll say the same thing. And, th and there are people that God brings into your life that are easy to love, right? And then there are those that are not so easy to love. But what does Paul say? That ye increase more and more. In other words, you need to learn how to love the unlovable. Point number two, and I think this is where we finally pulled the plug, isn't it? Did we get past this? This is where we're having trouble. Okay, okay. So we're, we're just going to pretend that nobody heard anything from now on, okay? <laughs> Point number two, <clears throat> touching the lives of, of, of others. Number one, uh, those that are, are, are within, point number two, those that are without. Let's read verses 11 and 12. And that you study uh, to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands. And we command you, uh, uh, commanded you, uh, excuse me, as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. So uh, we not only have an obligation to love one another uh, for those that are within, we have an obligation to have a good testimony to those that are without. And again, let me say this, what my father-in-law used to say. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, there are some people that will judge God and the Word of God based on your life. You may be the only Bible that they ever read. And I don't know about you, but that to me, that's a scary thought. I, I don't take that lightly. Paul gives us four things in our lives that we need to, to, to look at. Four things in our lives that we need to examine when dealing with those that are without. And, and I do remember talking about this one. I, I think this is where we finally pulled the plug. Um, the first one is, um, and that you study to be quiet. Again, this is, and I talked about that this morning. It's not quite the, the, the phraseology that we would use in our society today. Uh, but basically, in 21st century America, what, what, what he's saying is, you, you need to watch what you say. Uh, what, what we say is critically important because the unsaved world is listening to you. James chapter 1, verse 19, Wherefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 19 and, uh, to, to 21. In the multitude of words, there uh, wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. 
the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Um, is little worth. Uh, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Everything that we say is going to be filtered by the unsaved world. Now, many of you know that I am working part-time out at the Fallon Naval Air Station, and, and one of the things that I have been incredibly thankful for is, you know, for 11 years, almost 11 years, I've been the pastor here at Grace Baptist Church, and I'm because of that, I'm around a lot of the saved people, the, the group that is within you know, and I still I still have contact with those that are or without. But I'll be honest with you, it's been a. I hope this makes sense. It's been a good reminder of to me, what it's like to be in the world. The 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 foul language, the off color jokes, the the things that are that take place, and it may it it, it has been an incredible reminder that everything that I say especially for me, because everybody that I work with knows that I'm not only am I a Christian, but I'm a pastor. So everything that I say is weighed very heavily. And it is a constant reminder to me that I need to just shut up and be quiet. I need to watch what I say. Number two, he says, to do your own business, to do your own business. In other words, mind your own business. Don't stick your nose where it doesn't belong. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. And with all, they lean, excuse me, they learn uh, to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies speaking things they ought not. It is so careful, or, or it is so easy to get caught up in, in, the, in the, the gossip um, triangle. It is so easy. That it, it, it happens so easy. And we that are within need to be very, very careful. Paul, Paul tells us here, Mind your own business. Watch what you say and mind your own business. Why? Because you may be the only Bible that those people see. That, to me, is an incredible burden that we all need to carry. We must be careful what we say, what we listen to, because the world is watching and we must make a difference. The third thing that Paul tells us, he says, and to work with your hands, work and work hard. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, I, I, I'm going to say something and I may get some kickback on it that that's okay. That's okay. I, but this is what I believe. Believe on from based on for what Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and based on this verse in Colossians chapter 3, 
Verse 23, not only do I personally believe that Christians ought to work hard, I believe that Christians should be the hardest workers at work. We should be able to outwork anybody who is without. Just saying, that's my conviction. Why? Why, why would I make such a bold statement? Because I... Be, because I, uh, I'm trying to think of a scenario why somebody would think. Uh, I, I'm not saying that so that we can walk around with our chests puff, puffed up and say, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm a hard worker. No, that's not why I say that. I say that because of this verse. Who do we work for? Do we work for our employer or do we work for the Lord? We work for the Lord, then the employer. And, and we need to work hard because we work for God. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Proverbs chapter 10, verse, verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. And, and I used to read this verse, and I used to think, wait a minute. God, I used to pray, God, I work hard, and I work hard, and I work hard, and, I'm ne- and I never quite got rich. <laughs> but then it dawned on me one day, there's, there's more than one way to be rich. There's more than one way to be rich. And I'll tell you, if you think you're rich because you have a lot of money, you're not rich. I can be, I can be as poor as a church mouse, as the saying, the saying goes, and be as rich, or be actually be richer than the richest man in the world. Just saying. The fourth thing that we need to be aware of, I believe it's in verse. Uh, 12, verse 12, yes. That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. I cannot overemphasize the importance of honesty with the unsaved. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. You know, one of the things that I try and do at work is I always, you know, we have a sheet that we have to sign. We don't have a punch Punch clock. I know some of you guys have punch clocks and swipe things and all that stuff, but we just have a piece of paper. We write when we come in and when we leave. And I can guarantee over the, over the collection of a week, I have put in much more time than I've written down. Now, I'm not saying that to boast of myself. The reason I'm saying that is because we need to be able to stand before the unsaved world and said, say, 
I gave you the best that I could give you. We need to be honest. And we, and we better not cheat our employers. They're paying us for an eight-hour day. Give them an eight-hour, eight-and-a-half-hour eight day. Why? Because the testimony of Christ is at stake. See, when, when, we, refle- we, when we reflect poorly, it not only affects us, but it affects everybody over here. And it affects it, it reflects to God. I cannot overemphasize the importance of honesty with this group of people. It is absolutely critical. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse twenty one. Providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of men. A dishonest Christian will bring dishonesty to all of this. We need to be careful. The two tracks that I talked about, walking with God and walking with men, I believe are parallel tracks that are equally important. Because if we do not walk with God, we will not walk properly with men. And if we do not walk properly with men, how can we get those that are without to become those that are within? We have no testimony. We have no ability to say, hey, come to church with me and hear the gospel. Hey, have you, you know, if you died today, where would you go? And they're going to look at you and say, Who, you're telling me? You're no better than me. You lie and you carry on. There's no difference here. It is critical. It is absolutely critical. And that's why I, I personally believe, and I could be wrong, my wife could be right, <laughs> that walking with people is just as important as walking with God. And Paul here makes, I believe, in, in a, a compelling case to the fact that we need to do both. Now, let me ask you a question. Which of these two, walking with God or walking with men, is more important? Okay, I've told you what I feel, but what do you think? Again, I think they're equal. Just saying, that's my opinion. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are under the law, as uh, w- are to them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law of Christ, to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. 
to the weak I became as as <clears throat> excuse me I became I as weak that I might gain the weak I am made all things to all men that I might by all beings save some and this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you what's Paul saying Paul's saying look I need to be all things to all men. I need to live with those that are within. I need to learn how to love and to minister to those that are within. And those that are without, I need to I need to be all things to all men. Now, is he saying, you know, you need to go to the bar and get drunk so you can witness to the drunk? No, that's not what he's saying. But your testimony needs to be such that when we have a testimony so that when the drunk or the unsafe person realizes their need for God, you're there to be able to guide them through. Those that are within and those that are without. We need... To be able to touch the lives of others. Then the only way that we're going to be able to do that is by putting ourselves aside. See, what did Paul say? Paul said basically what he was saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is that I become all things to all men. Why? Because, or, or, or not why, but how? How does he do that? By putting his own desires his own things away and saying your things, your desires are more important than mine. Through this pandemic, I have seen a lot of the people over here very selfishly demand that they stay over here. But the people over there desperately need the gospel. And Paul says, you know what? I've become all things to all men. So did he say so that everybody over here can get saved? No. He said so that some could get saved. Paul realized that there are going to be some that are not going to get saved. But you know what? He's going to do everything he can to lose his selfishness so that some could be saved. And I personally believe that we as believers need to put away some selfishness so that we could live the life that Paul tells us to live. Let me go through the four things very quickly again. Number one, we need to watch what we say. We need to mind our own business. We need to work hard. And we need to walk honestly with the unsaved. What does our life look like? I can't answer that. I can only I, I will stand before God for my life. I can't tell I can't I can't stand before God for your life. Are you walking with both groups? With those that are within 
and those that are without. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, we just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives, that you would help us uh, to be more like you in everything that we say and do. Lord, you know that there are many people watching via the internet this, this afternoon. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak to hearts, that you would encourage them, that there, there may be some things in their lives that need to change. I don't know. I can't answer that question. But Lord, you know. And I ask that you would convict hearts, but that you would show yourself strong in their lives. And Lord, help us to be more like you in everything that we say and do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I do want to say this, those of you that are watching from home and other places, if you need me, if you need to talk, if something's going on in your life, please reach out. I, I'm always available. Well, except when I'm at work. <laughs> but you can text me. And, and if I need to, honestly, I can I can take a phone call if I, if I absolutely have to. Um, but uh, if you need me, reach out. I'd love to talk with you. Uh, have a great day. Oh, next week we're going to be broadcasting from here. Uh, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, or, or 10 o'clock uh, junior church, 11, 11 o'clock church, 6 o'clock in the evening. And then uh, this coming Wednesday, we're going to be broadcasting from here as well. So um, uh, so any, any questions, just give me a call, and uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. I love you, thank you, and have a great evening.